during the past week, um, I've seen or heard of, of three different situations that have led my mind specifically to the scripture passage we're going to look at in a few minutes. Um, none of them were, were earth-shattering events, but just everyday things that, that probably you have, have encountered similar things. But the first one was when I was uh, doing my job at the University of Missouri in Columbia. I was walking across campus a few days ago, and I just... Uh, met a gentleman who was uh, using a motorized wheelchair, and, and we met each other. And as, as I, I crossed paths with him, I noticed on, on his lap he had a, a folder um, with papers in it and didn't think much about it, just something I noticed. And I kept walking, and then just a few seconds later, I kind of heard a commotion. And, and this gentleman had, had hit a pretty rough bump in the sidewalk, and his folders and his papers flew everywhere. Second situation, uh, a different man on a different day uh, was standing out a, outside a, a downtown restaurant and just anyone who would walk by was asking something we've all probably encountered. Do you have any money? Um, do you have any food? He, he was asking for someone to help him out. And then the third situation, uh, I heard on the radio, um, uh, a young man, a middle school boy, who hated going to school every day because all he had to wear, the only shoes he had to wear, were a, a beat-up, crummy pair of shoes. And because of that, his, the, his classmates teased him, gave him grief. Just, you know, the, the thing of, of being a middle school kid when, when you stand out for something like that. And, and that was his situation every day. I'll, I'll come back to those three situations later on, but they made me think about the opportunities that God gives us, opportunities we encounter every day. And as we continue our series on being entrusted by God to be good stewards of, of everything that God has blessed us with, everything that God has, has placed in our, our stewardship care at this time, um, we're, we're going to talk today about gifts and the gifts that God has given us. And I'm, I'm intentionally going to leave that word gifts very vague. And, and I pray that God will kind of fill in in your own mind what God wants to bring for mind for that. It, it may be your, your gift of time. It may be certain abilities or, or things like that that you have. It may be financial gifts. It may be other types of resources. But, but that's what we're going to think about today is being entrusted with the gifts that God has given us and how that we might use those for God's kingdom and God's purpose. We'll look at a passage of scripture from Matthew 25. Before we get there, it's really important for us to, to back up a chapter or so and, and see where Jesus is coming from as he gets to the, to the parable we'll read in a few minutes. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus spends a lot of time talking with his closest friends, his closest followers, about how to live in the interim time, in the waiting time. Jesus is focused on the time after he is raised from the dead, after he ascends, and the waiting time until he returns again. Um, the, the people he was talking to, his, his followers, they, they, they knew that that was part of, of what would happen. Jesus would someday return. So Jesus was telling them, this is what you need to do as you wait. This is how you fill that time. 
whether it's a matter of days or a matter of years. This is what you do. And Jesus wound that up in, in chapter 24 by making one statement and asking one question. And his statement was really kind of summarized very simply with be ready or keep watch. Um, stay on your toes because you never know. Be ready. And the question he asked is, will you be a wise and faithful servant as you wait? In that meantime, will you continue to serve in a wise way? Will you be faithful to what I've taught you and what I've shown you? As my followers, will you be wise and faithful? And that led to the first parable that Jesus spoke about at the beginning of Matthew 25. This isn't the one we're going to focus on. But Jesus begins Matthew 25 by saying the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he told this parable of ten young women, the parable of the ten virgins or the ten bridesmaids. And again, it was about how do you wait? Five of the bridesmaids were foolish. They were supposed to keep track of the oil they had for their lamps. In case the bridegroom showed up in the middle of the night, they would be ready. They could light their lamps and go out and take advantage of the opportunity. Five of them were foolish. They didn't keep watch. They didn't wait wisely. Their oil was all used up and they missed the opportunity of a lifetime when the bridegroom showed up in the middle of the night. But the other five bridesmaids, the wise ones, they kept watch. They were careful. They were wise stewards. They were wise servants. And when the time come, when the opportunity presented itself, they had oil to light their lamps. And they took advantage of that opportunity, that gift of that opportunity that God had, had gave them when the bridegroom showed up. So with that as the backdrop, we'll jump into Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. And again, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven is like, as he continues this thread of, of teaching to his followers. Starting in verse 14, Jesus says, for it, again, the kingdom of heaven, for it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then the master went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, 
reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I do not sow and gather where I do not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And on my return, I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him. Give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness. Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This passage has so much packed into it, uh, but first I think we need it to start with exactly what is a talent in this story. Um, over the years, at least in, in my lifetime, encountering preaching and sermons and teachings on this talent, we, we equate it with, with those gifts that God gives us, the, the talents we have as people. And, and I, that's applicable. That's, that's what we'll do today, actually. But in Jesus' time, as he told this story, a talent was a measure of weight. A talent was between 58 and 80 pounds of something. So depending on what your talent was, you you had the value of of that amount of weight. So if it's a talent of gold, we're talking a very, very significant resource, a very significant gift. Uh, One talent of silver in that day and time was roughly the equivalent of, of 15 years of pay for an average worker. That's one, one talent. So if we think of the, the first servant who received 10 talents, he's been entrusted with more than a lifetime's pay. Um, so we're talking very, very significant opportunity here. A very big deal that this master has entrusted to these three men. I, I find it so interesting how the three men each received different amounts. Um, in, in my house, Carolyn and I remind our boys often that life is not fair. And, and for me, this is just another example of it. Um, and, and I think that part of the point here is not about what you don't have, not about comparing yourself to the person next to you or, or others, but being faithful with what you do have. That's the starting point here. Everyone in this room, everyone connected to us online, we have all been entrusted with gifts by God. Every single one of us. We get in trouble when we start comparing those with other people. But let's focus on what God has given you, what God has given me. That's the starting point. I think the other really interesting thing is is I really studied this in, in ask God to, to speak to me about this passage is, is who were these talents to benefit? They weren't to benefit the slaves that were entrusted with them, but in the end, the benefit comes back to the master. The slaves were given these resources, given these opportunities to make a difference beyond themselves. That's what the master expected. That's what the master asked them to do. So often in life, I get caught up with, with whatever it is that God has given me, and I think about, hmm, how's that going to pay off for me? How's that going to work for me? And this scripture is reminded me I'm missing the boat again with that. 
The talents in this story, the talents that we're blessed with, are meant for something greater than ourselves. They're meant for the purpose of the master. So the first two servants or slaves in the story, they, they go and they're active, they're proactive. They take what has been given them. They take advantage of an opportunity, an incredibly big deal. But the third slave, for me, he seems like the most reasonable guy. Maybe it's just my personality is, is more cautious and more reserved. But this third guy says, I don't want to take a chance. I know the master is, is a tough man. I know if I take this talent and I lose it, I'm going to be up a creek. So he takes the talent, buries it, plays it extremely safe. But in reality, it's, it's, he's acting as if he's given no talent at all. It's as if, okay, you've given me an opportunity, master, but no thanks, I'm going to pass. I'd, I'd rather you not be involved in my life. I'd rather you not even take a chance on, on asking me to be a part of what you're doing here. So the third slave takes it and buries it, and he's described as being wicked and lazy. In the, the paraphrase, the message that Eugene Peterson wrote, this is how he, he writes about that encounter between the master and the third slave. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little bit of interest. So the third slave is, is so scared, so fearful, he doesn't even do the least in, in this way. He's given an opportunity, and he does nothing with it. So as we see in the end, what the master chooses to do with that talent, that opportunity, that gift that is given to the third slave, it's taken away from him. He loses it. I'll never forget several years ago when I was campus minister at Lincoln University here. And during our weekly worship service, I, I, we, we focused on this passage and I preached on and taught about this. And I remember at the end of the service, after everything was done, um, one of the students, a very talented young woman, came up with tears in her eyes. And she said, Todd, does this mean if I don't use the talents God's given me that God will take them away. And as much as I would like to, to give her a different answer, that's what this passage says. That's what this passage is pointing out to us. And beyond that, that, that for me, that's the most troubling piece of it. But beyond that, it, it's, it's, as I've thought about this and prayed about this, it's more than just an opportunity. When we think about the talents, when we think about the gifts that God has entrusted us with, it's more than just an opportunity. For those of us that follow Jesus, it's an expectation that we do something with the talents. It's an assumption. It's not just, okay, I'm a Christian, but today I really don't feel like doing anything. It's the expectation that God has entrusted us with these talents so that it's a part of life. It's our natural expression of our faith to take what God has given us 
and to use that for a purpose greater than our own. That's a new, new thought that, that's crossed my mind. It always seems like, eh, when there's an opportunity and, and the timing's right and everything lines up, yeah, I'll do that for God. But this passage seems to say something more powerful than that. It's not an option. It's something that we have the privilege and the, op- and, and, and the, the gift of being able to join God in what God is doing in this world. As Jesus began the parable, the kingdom of God is like. Every time we do that, every time we join in using the gifts God has given us, God's kingdom in this earth grows. It makes a bigger impact. It makes a difference. People who are outside of of knowing that God loved them, they come to know that God loves them in those ways. So what about that guy in the wheelchair the guy outside the restaurant and the, the middle school kid with the, the raggedy shoes. Um, nothing, nothing earth shattering, but the, the guy in the wheelchair, uh, when I heard the commotion behind me, I turned around and looked and someone, maybe if we stretch this parallel bull a little bit, maybe someone who had been given a talent, one talent of, of serviceable legs and 15 seconds of his time, he stopped his day, reached down, helped collect the guy's papers and give them back to him. Nothing earth-shattering, but he was given an opportunity and he did something to make a difference. The gentleman who was, who was standing outside the restaurant, hungry, um, somebody walked in said, or walked by him and said, hey, I'm going in here to get something to eat. Can I buy you lunch? Somebody maybe had maybe five talents. He had an extra 10 bucks in his bank account where he could do something for this this man who was in need. In the story, the situation of the middle school kid who needed some, some new shoes. He had a, a, a classmate who recognized the situation, who saw the opportunity. His classmate had saved up his allowance. His allowance. Apparently he was a saver. And I know firsthand shoes for teenagers are not cheap. But this classmate said, I'm going to do something. And he took his talents and he bought his, his friend, this, this kid in need, some new shoes to make a difference in his life. It, none of this is rocket science for us. And all of us are, are presented with opportunities every day to take what God has entrusted us and use it to make a difference for the kingdom of God. The last thing I'll say is, is, is something more perplexing to me. And I really... This isn't a part of the scripture, so, but, but I think it's significant. God hasn't let me get away from this. Th- there can be lots of kind people in the world, um, even though it feels like there's less and less nowadays. Um, the, the person that I saw who helped the gentleman in the wheelchair in that story, I have no idea if he was a person of faith or not. He, he may have just been a, a kind guy that had 15 seconds and two able legs and, and he did a good deed. So, so I think about as we, as, the, as we consider the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is like making a difference in the world for Jesus. As we're presented with these opportunities, as, as God expects us to use our talents for the kingdom, how do we make the connection with those people that we encounter that I am doing this for you, I am using the gifts God has given me because of my faith in Jesus, because I'm a Christ follower, because I'm a Christian. Um, it's really easy to do something nice 
and, and that's all it is. It's something nice. And I don't have this fully fleshed out in my own life yet, but I, I, I encourage us to think about when God gives you that opportunity, how can I connect my faith? How can I connect my Savior with the person I'm doing this for? In one of the later letters in the New Testament, it, there, there's the talk about be ready for any time someone asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And maybe that's what we do. Maybe that's, that's where you're at is... I'll, I'll take advantage of opportunities God gives me to, to make a difference. And when God lets somebody say, why are you doing this? That's when I'll look them in the eye and I'll say, I'm doing this because I know Jesus loves me and Jesus has changed my life. And as I follow Jesus, I'm doing this for you because I know Jesus loves you too. Maybe that's, maybe that's how we have, make the connection. Maybe it's something different in your world, but I think that's something that's significant for us as we take this passage and apply it. But for all of us, there's the opportunity, there's, there's more than the opportunity, there's this assumption that whenever the time's up, whenever Jesus returns or whenever our numbered days are, are gone, that we'll be able to, to look at our master and our master say to us, well done, good and trustworthy servant. Every day we have those opportunities. Every day, God asks us and invites us to be a part of making a difference for his kingdom in that way. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much, again, that you continually to be involved in our lives, that you have given each of us talents, that you've given each of us opportunities, each of us resources, not just for our own benefit, and our own purposes, but things that you want us to use and you expect us to use for your kingdom and your glory and help other people to connect with you and your love. God, thank you for that. Help us take advantage of that and to live for you each moment that we have breath. Thank you for this and for being with us, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.